The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How do you view your own success? Are you leading with compassion or are you considered ruthless? There is plenty of room for both types of leaders, but the best way to lead successfully is to balance boldness and integrity, using kindness and compassion to earn respect. Combine this with a go-getter, visionary, and aggressive drive to stay competitive. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. We'll use the ideas heard today and in this series to help you use every advantage to achieve the best end result. Now, here's your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I am your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and I'm very grateful that you've joined us today. We're going to change up the format just a little bit today, and we're going to work today to, let's just call it, close that informational gap just a little bit, or possibly a lot, if you're open to it, around financial freedom. And so we're going to digest and and take a little bit deeper look into what the top 10 reasons why most people don't become financially free. And that usually perks people up a little bit. Oh, we're talking about our wallet here. So let's let's listen in. You might want to grab a pen and paper, take a few notes or... or, um, Go back and listen to the replay is something that I would say. Now, one of my mentors, what I want to share with you a little bit about where this show is coming from, one of my mentors was Brian Clemmer, the founder of Clemmer and Associates, and he from time to time would share thoughts around abundance and a compassionate samurai principle. Now, for those of you who don't know what a compassionate samurai means, um, what we're talking about is a compassionate samurai would ask the question, how can I get such and such accomplished? And an average person would ask, can I? So just so you know, the premise of a compassionate samurai mindset is really basing that warrior-like principle out there in the business world as well as your personal life, blending that with compassion in order to produce extraordinary results. And Brian used to find that typically he'd run into two types of business leaders out there in the world. And one would be someone who was very getter done and they would, would kind of trample on people um, and climb their way at the top with some pretty questionable ethics. And then he would also find those people who are nice and kind out there in the world, creators, go-getters, and 
they didn't have that warrior spirit in them and they would become a doormat. So Brian would suggest that why don't we marry up the two mindsets in order to make sure that people are honorable and going after things that make sense in the world, but doing so around personal responsibility, accountability, and honesty. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about the 10 Traits of the Compassionate Samurai, go check out the archives. I believe that show was back on November 19th of 2015, and we'll dive uh, pretty deep for you into the 10 Traits of the Compassionate Samurai. Now, for today's show, in terms of the top 10 reasons people don't become financially free, what I was really focusing on is why is this settling in my heart so much? And I'm going to share with you, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit and let you know that uh, recently I went on a workshop out to a summit and it was a wealth building summit. Lots of ideas, lots of how-to notions, really some great information. And what I found, though, was almost criminal because what I found were people who were willing to pull out their wallet, their credit card, their checkbook, and sign up for financially based programs where they were spending thousands of dollars to get the how-to list, the system or the program, almost like a too-good-to-be-true program. And they have a scarcity or a lack of money mindset. And I just really felt, wow, that's kind of, uh, that's certainly not integral around, hmm, selling people something that they're not ready for. And that's where I landed on, ooh, if they only really digested the 10 uh, principles here, the 10 um let's just say reasons why people can't become or or haven't become financially free. And if we can make a shift in that mindset, then I think it's quite possible that people who signed up for those how-to programs would actually be able to put them in play. And I think that would be a beautiful way to go. So let me dive into now... The first reason on this list is simply the need is not big enough. So one of the things Brian Klemmer would teach is if you don't have a big enough need, you won't do what it takes to overcome those obstacles that are necessary to make it happen. So many people won't even allow themselves to want something that is incredibly big and go after and pursue their big dream because they don't know how to create it. And so they'll stop wanting these big dreams because it hurts too much when they don't get it. And so financial freedom really requires some big wants. And when you think about that, There's a big difference between you simply wanting, let's say, $100,000, although that's a specific number, a specific goal to have in mind. There's no emotional trigger attached to that. Now, it changes up. Listen listen to this. Doesn't it change up if you say, hey, I'd like to have $100,000 versus 
I'm committed to generating $100,000 in order to put my child through a higher education at university. There is a big difference there. There's a passion there. There's a commitment there that's going to allow you to accomplish something like no kidding because your child's involved. And this can be created as well in your business life. Um, Your business is pretty much like your baby anyway. And so being committed at that level can also come into play. Knowing your why behind your why is instrumental in knowing exactly how you get to produce these results. Now, one of the things that we focus on at Clemmer & Associates is not only a lecture style of learning, there's a little bit of that that goes on in the training programs, but we focus on a very effective method of learning, and that is emotional involvement, inviting you to go in and have an experience about what we're talking about in terms of creating abundance, or it could be something around the topic of boldness or team building. And we want to invite our students to become emotionally involved in the process. And typically, People get pretty emotional when it comes to money on one side of that fence or the other. Now, number two, I want to take that one on, and it's about not having and not being able to see the opportunity that's all around you. So, We all have opportunities that surround us. In fact, I want to let you know that in a few weeks, I'm going to have an author as our guest on the show. His name is Parker Lee, and he has a book coming out on April 18th. Parker's book is brilliant. He is a business design master, and he's collaborated on this book entitled The Art of Opportunity. Timing is a big part of opportunity. And then obviously, being able to recognize opportunity when it knocks at your door. And I love the the Brian Tracy phrasing um, around when opportunity, something like when opportunity knocks and you open that door, expect it to be dressed in work clothes. So typically, being able to take action on that opportunity and knowing that there's going to be some work involved is key and top of mind all the time. Now, one of the things that I wanted to share with you, a personal story that I had, um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and when I moved from Indiana to San Francisco, my first job was with a a pretty big financial company, or a second job, actually, with a pretty big financial company. And I was used to getting one paycheck from that company and one paycheck only, and From that, I developed kind of a singular mindset. I didn't realize that subconsciously, I had just gotten very used to having one source of income. And in one of the second seminars that Clemmer and Associates offered called Advanced Leadership, I'm not going to give the module or the exercise or the answer away, but they delivered one module that completely shifted my, my mindset around 
earning multiple streams of income. And things have never been the same since because I just wasn't even aware. You don't know what you don't know, right? So I wasn't even aware that I had gotten incredibly comfortable with one corporate source of income. Once I had this aha moment, this light bulb moment that shifted my entire paradigm around streams of income and revenue, I just have not been the same since. So sure enough, as the universe would work, an opportunity landed on my lap literally within weeks in order to test that. Because what I had done, um, I changed careers about seven years ago. And when I changed careers, I was doing a lot of networking. And one of the people that I met was a brilliant, brilliant investment banker. And this investment banker mentioned to me that he is a big fan of ESOPs, Employee Stock Ownership Programs. And I didn't really know too much about it. In fact, I didn't know anything about it, honestly. And um, he explained it to me just a little bit um, that this is a, a special way to treat a company where the employees own the stock in the company, um, it's valued, and it's a win for everybody. It's a win for the owners, it's a win for the employees, and it's a win for the investment bankers, and the government actually is a big fan of ESOPs. And so um, I got just enough information to know how to keep my ears and eyes open for that that opportunity if it landed in my lap because I realized I was a natural connector. I just wasn't exercising that muscle. few weeks later, sure enough, someone voiced a need at a manufacturing company that they would like to entertain converting their company into an ESOP. So I had that natural opportunity to send over to my friend as a referral. A few months went by. Next thing I knew, he was calling me, asking me to invoicing to invoice him for a finder's fee. And I was absolutely delighted. I had no idea what that finder's fee was going to be. It was sizable. And all I did was listen for the need, matched up solution, and forwarded it on to some people that could make it happen. So we're going to close out this segment and come back for top 10 reasons, three through 10 in just after the break. Stay tuned for more. You've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. 
great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at CompassionateSamuraiShow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Thanks for rejoining us for the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I'm your host, Kathy Fairbanks. And today we're talking about the top 10 reasons why most people don't become financially free. Now, we've covered off on reason number one as not being a big enough need. And reason number two is people just don't see the opportunity all around them. So I was talking about a referral that I made to an investment banker recently. And not only did I make that referral, and I've done it several times, but my light bulb went on when I realized, wow, that's a duplicatable process. I know people in the financial services industry that would would be able to keep their ear out for anyone who is in need of consultation with an investment banker. Why don't I let my circle of friends and associates and business people know that I have access to this finder's fee? And instead of keeping all of that finder's fee for me, I'd offer, hey, let's just split the finder's fee 50-50. Because I don't have their contact contact list, but they don't have my connection with the investment banker. So it's certainly a win-win that I never would have looked to monetize or optimize before I took my training class with Clemmer and Associates. So let's move on to item number three. And this is a big one for most of us, and that's we aren't disciplined. Or I should come from a responsible, from a place of, I'm not disciplined. So what does it look like if I'm not disciplined? Well, I could mistakenly believe that most, most wealth comes from something unique, an invention or a creation. And what happens is statistics actually show us that that's not true. Most wealth is actually generated from the method 
the methodical process of investing. And that's one of the things I'm so excited about. I have, um, we have children in their young uh, 20s and we're teaching them now that they're starting to uh, have revenue streams in their life. We're teaching them some moves and some products where if they blink their eyes a few times, they know some decades are going to go by and they can create some abundance in their life in a very, very painless method when they're in their 20s. So what I'm really talking about is um, the famous uh, principle that J. Paul Getty would always call the eighth wonder of the world, and that's compound interest. And so what that really means is that you have to be disciplined enough to save your money. And when you do that, the question would be, are you willing to commit a finite number every single month, no matter what, to create that nest egg that you would desire? And are you willing to be able to read, let's say a half an hour to an hour a day or study up on investing moves and strategy? Because if you're willing to do that, you're going to be among the top 3% in the country who are willing to invest both time and money from a disciplined standpoint of view. And I love that because what we're talking about now, people can go about saving and investing in different ways and different parameters. But one of the sidebars that I wanted to share with you as I was doing some research and kind of see where things are trending now is understanding that if you pay yourself second, And that's second, because I say the first method of payment that you'd want to make off of your earnings would be in giving back, in tithing, in making a difference in the world. And traditionally, that can be set at 10%, but honestly, it can be set at whatever percentage you would want to set that out. And if you're setting it higher or lower, you're going to make adjustments in other categories. But if If you have the discipline then, after your your 10% giving or tithing amount, the next thing that you would want to do is to pay yourself second. Because a lot of business owners fall into the trap of not setting aside the money to pay themselves. And what that'll do is set yourself up for a subconscious mindset that your business or your not worth it. And certainly your time, your knowledge, your energy is worth it. And it really doesn't matter so much what that number is, as long as you're paying yourself. Now, if we look at some other important aspects, if we kind of think of this as a little bit of a a chart, Research is showing that you want to set aside 10% for something that you're never going to touch. That's your nest egg that you put your investments in and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And you just never touch it because you want to have that there to keep building and letting it trickle down to other ways for you to generate some income. 
And then secondarily, research is showing that you'd want to put together 10% into your long-term, sa- long-term savings. And this is going to also fall into what I'd call a contingency fund. Um, so back in 2008, when uh, things went awry here in the States from a real estate standpoint of view, my husband and I found ourselves both changing careers at the same time, having a daughter that was going off to private university, and we, because of the job change and the the downturn in the housing market where we had invested pretty heavily, um, we were looking at each other saying, wow, good thing we set up a contingency plan when we were young in our 20s because it turns out that was going to pay off big for us to give us the financial freedom and liberty to make some choices um, when we were changing careers with a daughter ready to go off to college. So I can't stress that enough. Um, in that 10% long-term savings area, what we're talking about is saving for those long-term commitments of uh, buying a house, buying a boat, buying a car, that sort of thing. And then maybe setting aside 50% roughly for your nef- necessary expenses, for food, for lodging. And then another very important item is always to go back and invest in yourself. As a lifelong learner, 10% of your income, business or personal, gets reinvested in your lifelong learning process, whatever that process is for you. And then one of my favorites, I'm going to put this last on the list, but it's that play fun. And some of this might, um, I know for me, I'm, I'm in such uh, passion about what I get to do for a living that sometimes I might forget to play. My family often reminds me of that. And so one of the things that's really important to do is set aside about 10% into that play fund. And, and you might want to consider splitting even that 10% up into different categories. And that would be to use for something that's very much in the near term. Go out and splurge to a restaurant that you've been wanting to go to, but it's a little bit on the pricey side or uh, a special spa weekend that you've been wanting to go to. And then you can also take a portion of that for a little bit longer of a long-term play fund. Um, Maybe it's a cruise or a vacation or going to the Super Bowl, something like that. And, And just make sure that you have time to play. So that's how we get to 100%. And you can adjust those numbers accordingly to your life and where you are in your phase of life, your phase of business. But it is absolutely essential to come up with percentages, course correct as needed, and stick with them. No doubt about that. All right, so we're going to move on um, from number four, where you don't pay yourself second. You definitely want to pay yourself second into topic number five. And that is where people think they, they don't become responsible to educate themselves enough around the specialized knowledge that they would need. And so what that really looks like would be rules about investing and taxes. Those rules were really made by the wealthy. And it's always going to be that way. So learn that system 
or you'll be abused by it. Now, I'm not saying to take shortcuts that obviously are out of integrity, but learn the rules so you can leverage and maximize your opportunities in the biggest way possible. So make a commitment today to study up about investing and make sure that you adhere to that. Put it in your book in a time block where you're spending a certain amount of time every single week knowing where the best place to invest for your business would be or yourself personally. And seek out that knowledge and get yourself educated. I'm a big fan of always supporting people that I network with and making sure that I'm giving to them as much, if not more, than they're giving back to me, if anything. But one of the things that I have found is um, many of the associates that I have, I would just absolutely love to sit down and have a coffee and pick their brain. So that's what I do. And I work to make sure that I'm creating value for them, making sure there's something in it for them, but also let them or ask them for the opportunity to teach me a little bit of something about a tool or technique that I didn't pick up in business school. Just that little gap closing can make a difference in the way that I'm running my business and also contributing to other people in my life. So that is number five. We're going to take a little break right now. When we come back, we're going to copy copy off on number six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, and leave you with a few stories that really drive this important point home of creating financial liberty. You've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Stay tuned for more. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at CompassionateSamuraiShow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Welcome back to our show. I am your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and delighted that you've joined us today. And today I'm really talking about something that um, fits in the aspect of knowledge. So if you are a knowledge seeker, and if you are committed to improving your knowledge about your industry, or the people that you work with on your team, or possibly technology, and, and let's say your leadership skills, well... Having that specialized knowledge can provide that edge for you. But it's even more than this. It's stepping into that beginner's mind with that constant eagerness to learn and learn the practical wisdom of just applying knowledge that is right at your fingertips. And that's what I'm talking about because knowledge gives us liberty. Freedom is really that ability to choose. And when people have that, although consequences vary, there's no doubt about that, liberty is actually the result of making wise choices. And so when you have this liberty, you're able to do what you want, when you want to do it, and go where you want, when you want to go there. And I think what's most important is how you want to be when you get there. So the question would be, what choices are you making today to create your financial liberty? So I've focused today's show on the top 10 reasons why people are not financially free. And if you are, just pick up what's working for you, accelerate that. And if there's a few tips that I'm offering today that kind of close that gap of where you're missing the the dot connection, go ahead and grab a few of those principles. So we've covered off on number one reason is there's not a big enough need. Number two is you can't see the opportunity that's all around you. Number three, let me stop there. It's that old proverb or story where someone lands in a foreign country and they're in the uh, business of selling shoes. And when they land, two different salespeople arrive to hit the marketplace And one is texting their boss saying, bad plan, bad geography, no one here wears shoes. The other texts back to their boss, great plan, great opportunity, everyone here is in need of shoes. So again, it's that half full, half empty glass. So really recognizing those opportunities that you can leverage and monetize um, is one of my favorite things in the world to do. Number three, people aren't disciplined. And number four is you're not paying yourself second. Some of us aren't paying ourselves at all. And if we're not paying ourselves in our business, We don't have a business. We actually have a hobby. And that might hurt. Brian Klimmer would always say uh, results 
often harsh, but always fair. Number five, they aren't responsible to educate themselves with some specialized knowledge. Get out there and find a way to get knowledgeable and get real clear from the experts. Now, I chuckle when I say that because I'm going to talk about Jim Stovall, a movie producer and author and founder of Narrative Television Network, because Jim would often caution us around who these experts might be. In fact, Jim's been on a guest on our show for a couple of times. I would encourage you, go out to iTunes, go to Voice America, and listen to those replays of Jim's Jim's shows because he is a man who is willing to share all of his wisdom and knowledge around accumulating wealth, both monetarily as well as he is rich when it comes to people and relationships. So Jim would always say, make sure when you're getting this so-called expert advice that the person on the other side of the table certainly has more knowledge and more experience and let's say in this case, a bigger bank account than you do. For instance, he would say, hey, if somebody asks me, how do you become a millionaire? I can help them. I can coach them. But Jim would say, if they're asking me how to become, because he's a millionaire, he's a decamillionaire. But if someone were to ask Jim, how do you become a billionaire? He'd have to say, can't help you with that. I'm not a billionaire. You need to go find an expert billionaire and model that behavior and listen to their advice, coaching, and suggestions. So I love those wise words from Jim. Those are certainly pearls of wisdom. So number six, they don't hang out with wealthy people. Obviously, the company that you keep is so incredibly important, and it's critical. Wealthy people know experts who can help you out. It's really the law of leveraging. Um, It happened to me the other day where I was interviewing an author, and as we closed our meeting, I just simply asked him, hey, by the way, is there anything I can do to support you? I mean, we had been having that kind of meeting the whole time back and forth, but Brian, Brian Clummer taught me um, that's a really, really compassionate way to support someone. And so I, I typically ask that question at the close of every meeting. And the gentleman paused for a second. And he actually said, hmm, yes, actually there is. If you know of someone who would like to read a book that I have coming out um, in a while, a few months from now, um, I would actually love to gather a few more endorsements with people who have some pretty high influence in this world on the topic. And I I just said, let me think about it. I, I may come up with a few folks for you. So sure enough, with just that question and putting it out there, I was able to write a couple of emails, ask some associates if they would be willing to to, uh, look over the book and endorse the book. And sure enough, he was able to garner a very, very high-end coveted endorsement with just the ask because he was hanging out in the circles that were able to connect him to 
the opportunity. So again, not hanging out um, with wealthy people, if you're not doing that, uh, and obviously I'm talking about people who have integrity as well as wealth, you might be uh, missing the boat. Uh, One of the things that I had to do, uh, had the opportunity to do last year, was to attend Clemmer's Millionaire Institute. And from there, I was able to learn from the speaker and also learn about conversations that were open and geared toward people paying it forward. And so I was just so impressed with how many people who were coming from wealth who have a real pay it forward mentality. So I wasn't planning to walk up and say, hey, you know, would you like to invest in uh, my great business idea and um, infuse my company with a million dollars? That wasn't it. But they were willing to coach me a little bit on the spot and help me course correct and step over some landmines that I might have been uh, stepping into unknowingly. And that wise sage advice actually only cost me time. And that was it. So, well, wealthy people, keep in mind, I think this is a really great comment and, and um, point. Wealthy people also have money to invest in your good ideas. So, if, assuming that you do have a good idea and you're willing to give them a fair share of their profit for backing you, you're going to a source of opportunity. And spending money to get to know wealthy people is actually part of your investment of education. So, be strategic, not manipulative about that principle and prospect as well. All right, on to number seven. People aren't willing to risk what they have. And I think this is really, really key. There's no such thing as a free lunch. It may be dressed up as a free lunch on the outside, but there's something really at play here, and that's the principle of risk-reward ratio, and that each of us would be wise to master. Now, if you're going to risk your money along the way and lose it all, that's not going to help any of us. So no one makes all successful investments. The key here is to learn when to course correct, when to change horses, when to know enough is enough. And that's obviously a key in the way that you study what you're doing and make sure that you're going about this with all eyes open. You also need to know how much money can you afford to lose. I know a few years ago, my husband and I, um, as he was retiring from the fire service, um, he decided that he had an aptitude for flipping houses in the real estate market. And we felt he had that aptitude. We agreed with it. However, he really didn't have the experience in it. And so one of the things that we would do is to make sure that we had enough of a buffer in there just in case mistakes happened, that that buffer was there so we weren't setting ourselves up front in losing money. And that really helped us on the success rate of the entire project. And sometimes money has to be borrowed. So keep in mind that you have a contingency plan on how that money will be replayed. 
repaid. And being willing to play a risk, pay a risk, a calculated risk, is key to this element. Staying safe is going to keep you right where you are today. All right, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about reasons number eight, nine, and ten. And I'm going to send you on your way then today to start putting some of these practices in place and make sure you're not falling in to any of these ten reasons of not producing financial freedom. I'm your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Stay tuned for more from the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. To reach Kathy Fairbanks or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, the email address is kathy at CompassionateSamuraiShow.com. Now, back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. Hello, and thank you for staying with us for the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour today. I'm your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and we are talking about the top 10 reasons most people do not become financially free. So quick recap, number one, not being big enough or not having a big enough need. And number two, not seeing the opportunities all around you. Three would be lack of discipline. Number four, not paying yourself in your business. Number five, you're not responsible or taking on that responsibility of educating yourself and getting that knowledge, that specialized knowledge that's so needed in your business. Number six, not hanging out with the people who have what you want. If it's wealth, you'd hang out with some wealthy people. Number seven, you aren't willing to risk what you have. You're going about your business with a closed fist mentality versus an open hand mentality. So let's move on to number eight. And that is really about a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset. So 
scarcity mindset is just that viewpoint that there's not enough. And I'm not talking about just money here. It could be that there's not enough money, but it can also be not enough time, not enough opportunity, not enough health, not enough people to be in relationship with. So scarcity mindset really follows us all over every walk of life that we are participating in. Now, it's usually based on the true viewpoint that we are not enough. Now, if you say, ouch, I'd understand it. That hurts a little bit when I say it too. We are not enough. So this is an area where Klimmer and Associates is just exquisite in taking on things and shattering and helping our students shatter that scarcity mindset in whatever category that you may be challenged in. Now, abundance is that viewpoint that our wholeness and our completeness is not dependent upon those external circumstances. Knowing that you are actually enough, not just because you have money in your bank account or you know influential people or anything that's external about you. So shattering that scarcity mindset is all about your inner game, has nothing to do with your outer game. And we know that. Now, a few weeks ago, in fact, I think I bought it the day it came out, I had the opportunity to read Brene Brown, um, her latest book entitled Rising Strong, The Reckoning, the Rumble, and the Revolution. And I just, I, I can't get enough of anything that Brene Brown writes. So I'd encourage you to pick up this book, as well as um, another favorite of mine, Daring Greatly. But when I stumbled up on page nine in her hardback book, she talks about scarcity, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, because she talks about that the opposite of scarcity is actually not abundance. See, I thought it was abundance. She contends that the opposite of scarcity is simply enough. And I think that might be the disease that we as business owners um, and leaders within our community and our family, that we can settle for enough. We've created a nice life, a cushy life, a comfortable life. And so it keeps us in that scarcity mindset because we have enough. So I thought that was a very, very profound and truthful comment from her in her book. So moving on to number nine, this is one of my favorites, and that is about having a contribution mindset. Now that contribution mindset means that you're always looking to see how you can contribute to another person or an organization. It's not leading with what's in it for me. And see, that will also help in shattering that scarcity mindset. You're looking at things from other people's perspective. What problems are they having and how can I help you? So if you're really sincerely listening to how 
can I help you or how can I help them? You're able to contribute by asking, what can you do for them? And that will amaze them. And there's just this organic and um, complete principle in the world where then people are attracted to connect with you. You don't even have to work at this. It just happens. And opportunities land in your lap. They become available. I'll give you an example with that. Um, I was uh, working with another author who has a beautiful book coming out entitled Rings of Value. Now, this author's name is Tim Beglin, and he really, the Rings of Value is a mindset, and this will air in April. Um, This book is brilliant because he talks about running your company today as if it's for sale today. And so when I was talking to Tim just a little bit, I said, hey, by the way, would you, I have a friend who called me this morning and he has a radio show up in Sacramento. Any chance that you'd like to be a guest on his radio show? Are you looking for additional ways to let people know about your book launch? Well, Tim was delighted and my friend up in Sacramento is also delighted. Now, Was that hard for me to do? Absolutely not. It was just a simple way to pay it forward and have that natural. I didn't, I barely had to think about it. It just popped in my mind. Hey, let's, let's see if Tim wants to play and Jim wants to play and both uh, folks will be as happy as can be. So we are at number 10. Maybe I should have done these in reverse order now that I think about it. But number 10 is that you don't really, as a business owner, have an effective budget or an asset and liability statement that's working for you effectively. You may have them, but you may not have understood them. There's all kinds of tools to to, um, utilize um, out there on the web or books. There's just an abundant amount of information out there to help an entrepreneur or small business owner really get their head around the how-tos of their business. So two ways to know if you're financially and where you want to be financially, obviously, would be make sure your cash flow statement is understood, as well as your um, asset and liability statement. You need to know what those are. You need to know what every single part of your business is doing. So they're like two different gauges in your car. It's the knowledge of where you are currently And it makes it far better than ignoring it or denying it. And now that you can figure out where you are today, you're able to make course correct decisions before they start impacting that permanent balance sheet. Now, I'm going to do a shout out to one of the uh, brilliant business strategists that I know. Her name is Jane Duber, D-E-U-B-E-R. And Jane is just a master at helping small business owners master and get their arms around their business from a systems template financial um, just say way of being. And Jane is also 
very gifted in the number category, but puts it right out there. She cares about her customers. And so if you wanted to learn more about tapping into a resource for global um, expertsaccelerator.com, it would be worth your time in going there. So as we close out today's show, you've been listening to Kathy Fairbanks at the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I also you encourage you to go out to the clemmer.com website for your free gift of 52 leadership lessons. That's www.clemmer.com, K-L-E-M-M-E-R. Until next week, I suggest that you go out and thrive, and as Brian Clemmer would always say, knock them alive. Thank you for tuning into our show. You can hear the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, be sure to take action and create your own success. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 